that's us editing it in. Welcome to episode 37 of Who the Hell is This For? Today we are drinking mimosas and talking about Star Wars Episode 1, The Phantom Menace. (laughs) (laughs) Before we get into that, because we have a whole lot to say about that one, we are going to talk about what we've been watching. It has been a little bit since we've actually all been together to record. Riley, I'll let you go ahead. What have you been watching? Okay, well I haven't been here in like... Three, two and a half weeks. Yeah, two or three episodes. Anyway, um, let's see. So in that time, I've probably watched all the Star Wars minus the second one. Revenge of the Nerds. Saw Dark Phoenix last night. I want to get your opinion on that in a second. Yeah. Uh, This is the end. Hell yeah. Um, I also watched that. Yeah. Yeah. I thought about watching it. Did it though? (laughs) Cool Uh, story. (laughs) <laughs> Let's see. It was Michael Sarah's birthday. Obviously, watched been watching the Stanley Cup and the finals. School of Rock. Watched that last oh, night. Oh, all right. Yeah, gotcha. Thanks to Jeff adding that to the library. <laughs> yep. Jeff had some wine, and there was a sale, and Jeff bought some movies. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> Whole lot of movies on there now. Um, let's see. I watched. Is there a certain color of wine that? Gets you to buy movies more. Nope, it's all about the same. All right. I think the color of wine determines which type of movie he's buying. If he's buying, if he's drinking red wine, he's gonna buy all bunch of romantic comedies. I know I would. Feeling frisky. I don't buy romantic comedies. Yeah, after some red wine, you might. <laughs> <laughs> we'll loosen you up. Jesus, uh, I bought a bunch of sports documentaries, so a bunch of thirty for thirties and stuff like that. So I did watch. Um, my favorite sports book. That's a rosé drink. Sure. Drink? Drink. Rosé drink. Rosé drink. It's mixed with something. That's you don't know you've what. been drinking with rosé. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. But my favorite sports documentary of all time is the Fab Five. Okay. Um, stands above anything else for me. Just because of... Mm. I think it's good on its own. But Disagree, but go off. Also what it stands for. Uh, I will. It is my turn. Yeah. So. Yeah. Topical with uh, Jawan yeah. Howard getting the Michigan job. Yeah, that's partly why I wanted to watch it again. Um, and then Jalen Rose has been in the, the news a lot for talking about different sucks. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I also watched. Um, we watched one of the new episodes of Black Mirror. We watched the Miley Cyrus one. Yeah. Um, I liked it. I thought it was good. I've heard it was not. Oh, that, I've heard it's good. Um, the Miley Cyrus one. It takes a. It takes a long. Okay. Time. So like, there's there's. One or two points that it makes, and I think you can kind of see where it's going, which I think is the the hard part, because most Black Mirror, the ones that are really good are the ones that surprise you. I've heard the reason why people don't like it is because it's very heavy-handed. I think it's very obvious yeah. what it's doing and what it's trying to say. So I don't think it's subversive, um, and I don't think that the message that it picks is anything <laughs> that people don't already agree yeah. with. Um, but the thing, the reason we wanted to watch it was... Um, Sarah had heard it's essentially the Britney Spears story. Like, it's supposed to be, like, basically what happened to Britney Spears, where she was like, I want to make different music, and I, like, want to express myself these ways, and her dad basically had her locked down to this contract, where she, like, wasn't allowed to change anything. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of speculation that her, quote-unquote, drug problem was, like... Manufactured. 
Well, no, that she that it was two thousand six here. It was it was based on like a physician, like basically they were giving her stuff that she didn't want to take. Mm. Oh, like Michael Jackson type of thing. So I mean, I don't want to hopefully not ruin the episode for anybody. Like that's you know what I mean. But there's major beats in what's going on. Was it pretty? Did Sarah think it was accurate? To kind of what we've heard, Uh yeah. Um, So I thought it was just really interesting, and obviously like. It's about a pop star, and then Miley Cyrus is playing the pop star, and so there's probably some tongue-in-cheek stuff there, too, yeah. where, you know what I mean, like, where right. she's probably experienced some of the stuff that's going Speaking on. Speaking of Miley Cyrus, so. I have also watched the Old Town Road remix video. Hell yeah. Numerous times. <laughs> Hell yeah! Fringe for days. You gotta get me a shirt with some tassels on it. Oh, absolutely. Just be sitting here like this yeah. the whole time. <laughs> um, and then we... We haven't recorded in a really long time, so I'm trying we to We haven't. Oh, else. I also watched... It's good the, to be back, guys. The yeah. uh, Tobey Maguire uh, Spider-Man 2. Oh. I just expected you to say the Tobey Maguire story. Ooh. And I was expecting some sort I of... I watched uh, Tobey Maguire's entire work. Library. <laughs> Shit, there was something that we... Secretary Biscuit. So we watched... He is in that. Yeah. Secretary, Secretary Biscuit. Jesus. No, Sea Biscuit. Um, oh, well, you know, the horse movie. Sarah and I also watched the entire series of Dead to Me, the first oh, season on good? Netflix. Is that good? It's really good. I actually really, really liked it. I think we watched like all of it in like four days. Like, yeah. It was like two weekend days and then finishing it. But it's like, oh, now I'm going to mess it up. It's, um, who's the lady from Anchorman? Christina Applegate. Thank you. It's Christina Applegate. And then another, um, it's Hawkeye's wife. I'm sorry to pick these references. Linda Cardellini. Thank you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry those are the references that I have for these actresses. I'm really sorry. Okay, for Christina Applegate, yeah, I get that. But Linda Cardellini. Rachel's sister. What else is she in? Christina Applegate? Freaks and Geeks, man. Wait, I thought Rachel's sister was Reese Witherspoon. She has two sisters. Linda Cardellini's in Freaks and Geeks? Yeah. Yeah. I thought she was. And Grandma's Boy. And Wet Hot American Summer. No, that's... And she's Velma. That's Scooby-Doo. Jeannie Garofalo. No, that's Jimmy Garofalo. He's a quarterback. No, 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 no. I'm pretty sure I'm right on this. Linda Cardellini may be for Freaks and Geeks, but... Linda Cardellini is Freaks and Geeks. Yeah, she's not... may not be Wet Hot American Summer. No, she's not in Wet Hot American Summer. You're right. Okay, and I think... I was thinking uh, Jeannie Garofalo was in Freaks and Geeks, but now I... Yeah, Linda Cardellini. So yeah, I mean, I knew I recognized her, but I was trying to think of what other things I know her from. So... (laughs) Apologies to Cardellini for saying Hawkeye's wife. I know that's not what you are. That was just the first reference. It's okay. I'm gonna cut mind. all of this out because I misattributed somebody. So I have to make myself look <laughs> smart. <laughs> but it's really good. You guys should watch it. Okay. All right. How about your side of the table? Let's get into it. Harry Potter number six. Yes. We went to Turbo Kid. We, yeah, we went to Turbo Kid, which was fantastic. Hosted by our friends at Nerds of Nostalgia. Mm-hmm. You watched Beauty and the Beast live action for the first time. I did. Yep. Um, Good thing. Josh Gad as LeFou annoyed the hell out of me. Really? Yeah. I thought he was perfect. I mean, he... Oh, that was one of the best parts of the movie. He fit the role, because yeah. LeFou is like that in the animated, but right. it just... It annoyed me. I, I don't know why. I prefer Josh Gad as the... One Night Stand and New Girl. Yes. Bearclaw? Yeah. <laughs> yes! Uh, we rewatched Endgame. Yes. 
Oh, really? Is it, is, it, is it almost out of theaters? Because I really want to see it one more time. It, it, it's you it's probably in, have I time believe. for another week. It's. I think I actually liked it less on my rewatch. The second time? And I liked it more on a rewatch. But that's because oh. I knew what was going to happen. And I was like, alright, like... It wasn't my, tugging at your skip, heartstrings. Like, yeah. where's my skip button, you know? Because mm-hmm. it is so long. Yeah. I feel like it's now a watch at home so See, I can skip me, to the... That's how I felt about uh, Infinity War. Like, once you once you have gotten past the, you know, mm-hmm. what happens and the hype and things mm-hmm. like that, there are parts of Infinity War that I'm like, this is this is fun, and I'm glad they made this choice, but mm-hmm. I'm going to just jump to the parts that I like. Yeah, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. kind of skip until Thor yep. shows up. Yep. You don't need the rest of the Wakanda <laughs> battle. <laughs> But uh, so for side me, note on Thor, I we went to the movies last night and I saw a trailer for Men in Black and Oof. he looks itty bitty. Yeah, he's in that small compared as hell. to what I've been used to for the past. And not many years. not comparing to him in Endgame, he's comparing small. to just large Thor, like when he's fucking jacked, he's super skinny in the Men in Black trailer. He's felt. Yeah. Live. I had Tyler watch First Daughter. Yeah, Michael Keaton is the president. First Daughter. Uh-huh. What Katie a Holmes. fucking movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. There's a twist in that movie that pissed me off and made me... It did the impossible and made me mad at Michael Keaton. Oh, no. Because he wasn't Batman. That yeah, was the exactly. twist. Uh, this whole time I'm waiting for the president to be Batman. Are we, by the way, are we throwing the Batman thing at the very end for a listener question? For Alfred? Oh, we'll toss that in. Yeah. We'll do that at the end. Okay. Um, we saw the hustle. The oh, hustle. was it was it good? I liked it. Oh no! I mean, oh yeah, not yeah, like super bad. not to go spend my movie ticket money on yeah, maybe, but like if uh, it was on TV kind of thing. It wasn't unwatchable, but it just wasn't good. They could have done more with it. Do you? Okay, so I'm a big Anne Hathaway fan. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. A plus in the movie, minus in the movie. Neutral. Neutral. Like she didn't make it. Wow. She didn't. Wow. She didn't make it one way or the other. Like what I wanted more out of it was there was like the middle part of the movie. They could have just cut that off mm-hmm. and expanded the end. Mm. And, I don't know. Why was she British? And that is why I said she was a detraction from the movie. And then she does yeah. an Austrian accent later. That's also bad. And the accents... Austrian, eh? Uh, the accents good day, mate. The accents really <laughs> took me out of it. But what really bothered me with that movie is they had every opportunity to do something very good, but then they they fall back to fat jokes, slapstick humor, and just like... You oh, so they Jar Jar Binks did. Yeah, they did Jar Jar Binks it. And they could have done so much more with it by really, like, subverting these tropes of two femme fatales in a, like, in a comedy, but it always just fell back to the fat joke or uh, Rebel Wilson falling down, or literally there's a joke. The biggest crime that movie commits from a joke standpoint is the scene that's in the trailer where they hunt the peasant, she shoots the butler, and Anne Hathaway literally says, that was unexpected. Don't fucking say that's unexpected when something unexpected happens. That's how you completely ruin your joke. Oh, so the Atlanta's more accepted. Exactly. <laughs> the only time that joke works is in American Dad when, when Roger jumps off the top of the rope and elbows that dude and his head explodes. Yeah. Well, that was unexpected. <laughs> That's true. That is the only time that works. Because the humor from it comes from it being unexpected. 
If you have somebody just say, oh, that was unexpected. But I don't know. Anyways. Also, you watched Maid of Honor for the first time. Right? I did watch Maid of yeah. Honor Maid for of the Honor. first That's time. Patrick, Patrick Dempsey yeah. and okay. a Border Collie. That's all I remember. Yeah, that's a good one. Because I'd seen a clip of it on TV where he talks to a Border Collie. Isn't it? Oh, throw 13 going on 30 for me in my list. I oh, so okay. Sad. I have another one to add in that if you guys have not seen it, you definitely need to see it. Have you guys seen A Star is Born yet? Mm. I have not. Guys. That's, okay. that's the it is. Bradley I mean, Cooper it, one. Yes. You, you gotta, you know, you gotta prepare yourself. Yes. And you know that's why sad. I still have not watched it. it because is, I am still mentally preparing myself. It is, I mean, you you need to, like, line up some, like, Dragon Ball Z afterwards. Oh, yeah. But, dudes, it is so, like, it totally changes my entire ranking for the past year and Oscar yeah. picks and stuff like that. Like, that movie is... Tell me something! Side note, do you think they're gonna get together now? Now that Bradley Cooper... Yeah, Bradley is. Cooper's on the market. Yeah. He is? Yeah, yeah they just... There's like the thing... Whoa, going. hold on. I don't like that reaction. <laughs> <laughs> Let it be known. Frogcat immediately goes to, to her To the phone. DMs! <laughs> Frogcat just shooting her shot with Bradley Cooper. What's the worst that could happen? Bradley Cooper moves in with you guys. Oh, Tell okay. me something, Frogcat. <laughs> Aren't you tired of Tyler? Except Bradley, Bradley Cooper's going to move in and him and Tyler are going to actually end up yeah. falling in love. Just My girlfriend's doing... boyfriend, Bradley Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> just wanted to get another look at you. <laughs> Bradley, can I watch the TV? <laughs> Anyways, the mummy holes and then we saw Aladdin... And then I saw Rocket. <laughs> yeah, Catherine saw Rocket. Oh, shit. what? That's a big list. I saw yeah. John Wick three. You guys I went saw to, Rocket. Did 3. you guys go to different movies? Yes, like you we went, did. Like you went to did the you theater. Go solo? I went solo. Oh, I thought you guys like went to the theater. Like, well, see you <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> hey, you know what? That's a uh, that's love. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, my dad will be gone for Father's Day, and he wanted to see Rocket Man. I so gotcha. Gotcha. I went with him. And then I think my dad and I might be doing something similar, but with Godzilla. Hell yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, so yeah. I I ended up uh, going to see John Wick instead, which John Wick 3 might be my favorite. I'm not sure. It's hard to say at this point, but can't wait for John Wick 4. Oh. Is that a spoiler? No, they confirmed it. Oh. A week after John Wick 3 being in the... In theaters, oh, yeah, they announced that. that they're doing a fourth one. Did you guys see the video of Keanu Reeves recording his Toy Story character? No, I have not. Oh, it's wonderful. There's also another movie I watched that Proud Cap skipped over on our list. She was asleep while I watched this one. So you did oh, not wait, watch wait, it. Wait, wait, I wait, watched it. it. No, she didn't she watch it. She didn't watch it. Yeah. Uh, so it's on her list. Yes. Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. Finally got to revisit Halloween 3, and I can't wait to watch it again when we review it on the pod next week. <laughs> Are we? No. Well, well I'm out to I'm out for two Who says no? I'm out for two weeks. Oh, yeah. Is it not? We'll revisit that. Conference. I know. Yeah, Jeff's on the DL. I'm just fucking around. Yeah. We're just redshirting Jeff. Please, I gotta, I gotta go out and get us another review. <laughs> so we can get Halloween three on. Hop the list. on Tinder, Riley. All right. Start looking for reviews. Jesus Christ. Uh, so. How about instead of re- reviewing me, you review our podcast? <laughs> That's my bio. If you want to view me, you gotta review this. <laughs> if you want to be my lover. 
You gotta review my friends. Kathy, <laughs> 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 what'd you think of Rocket Man? We kind of skipped over that. I liked it. Um, I wish I knew, like, Elton John in his prime to compare some, like, headlines with, like, how they did mm-hmm. that. Um, but overall, I really liked it. I like how they did, they worked the music in. The drugs side of things, I felt, like, flowed with the storyline. But some of, like, the sex side, I felt they almost just forced it just to show that side of it. But try not to give anything away. The way they start the movie, you're like, what are they doing? Like, how are they going to go with this? But then it kind of just goes full circle with, like, the end of it. Um, Did they do the thing that music biopics do where they show the end of their life and then they flash back? No, it starts at, like, the, the present day that is the end of the movie, which is probably, like, 20, 30 years ago. That is the future... That's at the beginning of the movie. Gotcha. And then they do childhood through gotcha. fame. And then end at present day, which is not present day, but yeah. yeah. Okay. And then they do the standard, like, Elton is now, yep. you know, married with blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah. But married to Richard Madden. Costume. He's the king in the north. <laughs> costume is on point, though. I understand that reference. Oh, yeah. Sir Riley loves his Game of Thrones. Boy, what a last season. <laughs> really tumultuous. Alright, should we get into actually reviewing this movie? Uh, I think we should. Catherine, can you give us a Rotten Tomatoes rundown on uh, Phantom Menace, which is inevitably going to be wrong? <laughs> Alright. In theaters, May 9th, 1999. Um, box office is $431 million. Audience score of 59%. Tomato meter at 54 Pretty close there. <laughs> Some rotten reviews. Look, I wanted to love The Phantom Menace too. I was an adolescent boy and would enjoy being one again for a couple of hours, but the movie has a way of deflating all but the delusional... It's a totally separate problem this guy has. <laughs> <laughs> all but the most delusional of hopes. Mr. Lucas is not without a certain technocratic sag... Sagacity? 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 Uh, come on. Saying he is a sage? But I don't think he's communicating even with the young as astutely as he once did. Why do you have to use big words? Yeah, I don't know why people on Rotten Tomatoes feel like they need to show that they know big words. Yeah. Star Wars Episode 1, Phantom Menace. Yeah. <laughs> Got dim- dismissive reviews in 1999, and it deserves the same today. Boo. But you probably know that. Charmless, sexless, passionless, and robot. Uh, sexless. Whoa. Actually, the Jedi aren't supposed to have sex. So. And robot humored. It's preposterously uninvolving. Nick Bradshaw for Time Out just getting horny on Maine on Rotten Tomatoes. Has he ever seen a Star Wars movie? They none of them have sex in it. Leia, I just unless you to, unless you count Leia kisses her brother. <laughs> unless you can't Harrison Ford just shake <laughs> You could use a good kiss. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's review really wish I could have seen Obi Wan plow. <laughs> Which is also the Rat plot tail, of the, yes please. <laughs> that's the plot of the uh, Clone Wars animated series. So 
what did we like about this movie? Yeah, I don't think we need to do a plot synopsis for this movie. Yeah, yeah. Everyone knows. Star Wars with Star Wars with uh, trade disputes. Yeah, introducing oh, the government side forgot, of Star Wars. I forgot one movie I watched, and I have to say it because I made a Star Wars joke. Have you guys seen Fools Rush In with Matthew Perry and uh, Selma, what's her name? Hayek. One of their guys, his name was Chu, Chewy, whatever. Mm-hmm. And Matthew Perry's character was like, oh, hey, Chewy, I'm, uh, fuck, what did he say? Han Solo? Yeah, something like that. And the guy just like looked at him like a real Chandler yeah. joke. Yeah, real Chandler joke. Anyways, <laughs> that's all I had. All right, well, let's start off with the two people that like this movie the least Jeff and Catherine. What did you think this movie did well? Um, maybe some scenes that you enjoyed. So, okay, so you're not wrong in my characterization of how I feel about this movie. But I will say so, I haven't seen this movie in about seven years. I saw this movie as a kid. This movie came out in 1999, so I was a kid, um, nine years old, when I went and saw it. So I still have like fond memories of like going to mm-hmm. see this movie. Mm-hmm. But I, how I feel about this movie is that the first 30 minutes of this movie are fucking terrible. They're really bad. I think that, like, if you're a coming back into to this, be sure. but I welcome one. I think that, like, once you get into the, like, okay, this is how this movie is going to go, the rest of it kind of falls in line with the what they've set up in the first 30 minutes. Like, mm-hmm. oh, these characters are just going to talk like that the whole time. Like, this is the plan that we're going to make for the rest of them. So, like, once it, once it kind of gets in, I think it kind of finds its groove, and you're right. like, okay, I can, like, dive in. But, like, I had forgotten how much I hated Jar Jar Binks. Like, even as a kid, like... You know what I mean? Like, right. Even as a kid, I'm just kind of like, I kind of already feel too old for Jar Jar Binks to be doing this. And I should have been, like, the target market for Jar Jar Binks. So, I just feel like there's... I don't know. That what I like about this movie... So well, on, <laughs> well, on, on, the, the, on the bright side, the negotiations were short. <laughs> God damn it, you beat me to it. On the second pass, actually the things I like most about this movie are the things that should be the dumbest. The Trade Federation? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's not a thinly veiled metaphor at all, but just the fact that they're like, oh no, Congress can't do anything to help us. Welcome, Comrade Lucas. (laughs) (laughs) Every movie we we talk about. So, I mean, I think that works. Um, I really like some of the casting. Um, Like, I really think that... Jake Lloyd, yes. Qui-Gon Jinn. I really Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson really was, good a, was a good Qui-Gon Jinn. Like, he, that's the perfect fit for him. I thought that uh, Ewan McGregor was a good Obi-Wan Kenobi. Both, like, young Kenobi, and then I think, like, as he progresses mm-hmm. to the other ones, obviously the writing still sucks, but, like, he, nothing is wrong with his... He makes it work, though. Hello yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think, you know what I mean? Like, I think he kind of dives into what is required to make it compelling. That's what they call him, Outback Steakhouse. Because he dives on in. I had a quick question when I was watching this movie. This is not what it does well or not. But Liam Neeson as Qui-Gon Jinn... Yeah, doesn't get along with Mace Windu. Yeah. <laughs> That's not where I was... <laughs> While I was watching it, I was kind of like picturing all the other stuff that he's done and his other roles and stuff. And I thought back to Taken. And you know what we never hear about anymore? People being kidnapped. Like, is that still a thing? Do people still get kidnapped? I don't know. Like, in life? Human trafficking, yes. Yeah. That like, happens all the time. like, high-profile kidnapping. Oh, like, 
like five hundred thousand dollar ransom. Yeah, stuff I like mean, that. I mean, there's been like the kidnapping with rains. I feel like the kidnapping in the human. Like, this is gonna get super dark. The kidnapping in the human trafficking is obviously happening, but like those people aren't being like. Right, no, there's no ransom aspect yeah. of kidnapping. There's Nobody's no, being <laughs> kidnapped for like. There's no letters cut out of a magazine and put right. on a piece of paper. Yeah, yeah. If right. You want You're to see not your kidnapping son. the president's daughter anymore. Correct. Yeah. So I'm just saying, high, high which was a kidnapping. plot of an episode of West Wing, which is odd. There was also the Disney movie My Date with the President's Daughter. Oh yeah. Anybody remember that one? No. Has uh, Eric? Yeah. There it. you go. It's Old really Ron good movie. Stoppable. Yeah. Anyways, I'm just saying, since Taken's come out, I've not heard of one single high-profile kidnapping. Okay. Well, I think we owe William Neeson to scared everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Catherine, what were some things you liked about this movie? Okay. Um, well, I was not nine when this came out. Um, I've not very... How old were you? You were, what, five? Four. Oh, okay. This movie is as old as my brother. I was just barely nine. Yeah, Let the record show my child will have seen all the Star Wars by age four. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Our future children will have seen all the Star Wars by age four. And probably Halloween 3. Yeah. No, Anyways. she told me I'm not allowed to show Halloween or any of the Halloween sequels until they're at least 13. You guys got some plans. Alien, <laughs> Alien I was able to push 10. But it's because they had the full frontal shot of boobs that I couldn't do until 13 for Halloween. Just. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You could re- it's too I- bad you can't record stuff off of TV anymore. Oh, I know. Tapes, man. Just <laughs> <laughs> like DVR, nobody touch it. <laughs> I'm going to keep that for the next 20 years. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> this Cass- is turning into the upgrade episode. <laughs> um, this is betrayal. Anytime alcohol is involved, <laughs> just the slightest amount. Would you it- like to hear things we can't legally put out? <laughs> Subscribe to our Patreon. <laughs> What did you like about this movie? What else? Um. Yeah, aside from the many things you've liked about it so far. Yes. All those things you've All said the things that I've you listed. liked about it. All the droidicas. Those are cool. You had a lot to say about it before you started farming. <laughs> I know you shouldn't have let me farm. I know. Side note, both Catherine and I have gotten incredibly hooked on Stardew Valley. If you can support us during this time... What did I like about it? Uh, The droids. And like, I don't know. I feel like this is the... Because I never watched the original, like, three. Yeah. A lot. So, for being the first of the next set, I don't know. It's definitely... I can't. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. I've never heard of Tees and Peas before. Oh, my God. I'm done. It has nothing to do with what you said. What is happening? <laughs> Tyler was saying thoughts and prayers, but he said it tease and pee. <laughs> you never heard that? <laughs> Come on, you're a bad kid. Get with me. No, I've heard of thoughts and prayers. That's how we're solving never all of, these problems we've never got. heard of teas and peas. peas. Alright. Well, should Tyler and I just take over what this movie is? Yeah, I think we should. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's see. Well, I feel like it's my responsibility of this group to talk about the pod racing exactly, and how amazing yes. that was. Not well, only visually... Is, is this pod racing? This is not pod racing, <laughs> but that is pod racing. Uh, <laughs> now this is podcasting. <laughs> not only visually is pod, the pod racing really cool, um, just because you have all these different designs. 
of basically the engines pulled. You, you have your racers pulled by jet <laughs> engines. <laughs> but also, it's an incredible scene to watch if you have like a surround sound oh, system. Because yeah. you get that... <laughs> yeah. I will say, sound design. The one thing, Good in this movie. The one thing I didn't like about The Last Jedi is that... The horses weren't pod racing. The horses were not pod racing. Faldiers. That is everything that I was hoping for when uh, when you hear the rumble yeah. and everything shakes and Finn's like, is that what I think it is? And you're like, is that what I think it is? And Sebulba has moved to Canto Bright, <laughs> dominating the pod racing I circuit. I would be in for pod racing coming back. Yeah, um, absolutely. I think if they could work that back in. So, and I'm piggybacking off this now. There is so much present in Phantom Menace that sets us up for amazing things. There is so much good world building that could be brought back up in the sequel trilogy that wouldn't have made sense in the original trilogy at this point, but now things have rebuilt. We're kind of getting back into that form of civilization. There is a lot that we could pull from, especially from Phantom Menace. I will go ahead and say this, and ahead might and get it. attacked for it. Go ahead and say Phantom it. Menace is the most creative of all eight Star Wars movies at this point. And I think... A lot of stuff didn't land, but I don't think that it it should be treated as it is. Because I, and I used to be like, oh, prequels, they suck. And then I like went back and gave this one another chance after a while. And there was so much more that I appreciate that it contributed to the Star Wars universe. That, I mean, they tried to in Last Jedi, and I love Last Jedi. But I think the way the world was built in Phantom Menace, that approach needs to come back in the sequel trilogy. Well, because, I mean, they really had to, you know, take it and go, okay, how did this world come to be? Yeah. So you had a million different options you could roll with it. Mm-hmm. And I, I, like you said, I think they did. I, don't, I really like this movie. So. I mean, yeah. I, I agree with you that there, there are some of the ideas that I don't like. But what's wrong with this movie is not the ideas. Right. Mm-hmm. Right? What's wrong with it's this the movie execution. is the execution. Very much so. And what kills every movie, right? Like, this is the thing I complain about pretty consistently across bad movies is the dialogue is yeah. awful. Right? Yes. And, it, and it, it either does two things. It either does tell, don't show, or it's just like, it's just this wooden doesn't fit the character dialogue type of shit. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't work for what they're trying to mm-hmm. do. There's always a bigger fish. <laughs> Goober fish! Oh, <laughs> uh, well, let's see. What else? Oh, probably the best thing to come out of this movie, Darth Maul. Yeah, absolutely. Probably one of the coolest villains in film history. And even... <laughs> yes, no, I'll say that. And even as... Jeff, is, make, Jeff is making a face. Coolest villain? Absolutely. <laughs> like most recognizable, coolest, for sure. Physically coolest villain, probably yeah. Cool. He's very cool, cool looking. Yeah, he's he, very cool looking. No, he's, he's the just, coolest. Darth Maul is fucking awesome, and <laughs> he's got the best moves. He comes back to life. Yeah, with metal leg. <laughs> yeah. Now I just started thinking about Grandma's boy. <laughs> he basically it's cut in half. Lives. If you watch the Clone Wars yeah. and Rebels, um, his arc in Rebels is so fucking good. Yeah. So I wonder. So I have not seen outside of the films and like, actually outside of the films, I can say that mm-hmm. not even out of the trilogies because I've seen Solo and stuff like that. I have not seen any of the other extended universe at all. So and what I'm asking is, 
if you took that stuff out and you just have the arcs of what's in the movie, does that change your opinion of him? Yes, well, because yeah. he only gets... He gets a very minimal he gets about three sentences. And, well, that's what I'm saying. And then gets, like when you say in this film mm-hmm. is he a good villain? He looks cool. Mm-hmm. He does the execution well, what, yeah. really well. Yeah, okay, yeah. He's, but, but he's not a cool character in this movie because there's nothing about him. Correct. Which, no. What what was added to him made him so much more worthwhile in the Phantom Menace. And again, it goes back to what George was able to do with this movie and create this world that we can keep going back to and developing and fleshing out stories that were presented to us then um, that at this point have no bearing on the main story. Like, that, Darth Maul had nothing to do with the original trilogy. I have a listener question I'd like to throw in. We can't do it on Twitter because we're doing it right now. Okay. But I'd be interested to see what movie would benefit from an extended universe the most. Okay. In that the ideas were great. But because the movie sucked so bad, like, there is no extended thing to explain it. Jupiter Ascending. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, really. Similarly built around a trade federation somehow. (laughs) And I, I don't know how... I like this movie so much more than Jupiter Ascending. And I shouldn't. But the... I honestly think there is a lot more that is well done in this movie compared to a movie like Jupiter Ascending because it's very messy. Episode 1 is a lot of things to its detriment, but it is not messy. So this is another point about the extended universe, etc. So they obviously made choices in this movie knowing that you have some background and there's going to be future things. Mm -hmm. So it's more like a chapter Mm -hmm. than a standalone movie. So it's hard to judge it as a standalone sometimes because it is a chapter, similar to how some of the Avengers movies works because you can tell they're just a chapter in the right. saga. However, this is a movie that if you did the same thing, let's say you just like bookended it, right? And it really is just this world-building thing and you just mm-hmm. bookended it. This movie, to me, has to be part of that like canon because if you pulled it out, this movie is just like... It really isn't very good. Well, it's yeah, because, because it all has all the other half stuff of out. half of your plotline has zero pull and zero meaning if you pull it out of that. Yeah, because then Anakin's worthless, as is pretty much the entire Sith. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you don't learn anything about Palpatine. Also, I do like that they introduced the rule of two in this movie. Yeah, I forgot that this is where that came from, That's and true. that that wasn't an EU thing. That wasn't. Be sure. I'm pretty sure. Did Revan come before? Uh, yeah. No, I think you're right. I think. When, when was the Revan saga? Yeah, no, because that was all Knights of the Old Republic stuff. Mm-hmm. So that was after episode one. So you might be right on that. Did somebody make there's. Somebody said they're making like a Knights of the Old Republic movie? Supposedly. It's rumored. Yeah. Or in that era, which would be awesome. I'm all for I mean, Yeah, I, first appearance was uh, KOTOR for Revan. I agree with you that the world building is really, really fun in this movie, and um, I, I actually like the idea of it being like this Jedi society that then breaks down because of Jedi hubris, mm-hmm. and they they essentially accidentally create the Empire. Like that's really cool. Yeah. So I always thought that was, however well it was executed, mm-hmm. was an awesome idea. So one thing. Not necessarily with just this movie, but the prequels in general that I've always liked or enjoyed is seeing the seeing like the different starships 
mm-hmm. and how you can like hint at how they would grow into what they were. Because like you have like the star destroyers that the Republic uses. Those and, are and it like fucking great. well, and it shows you know like oh, it kind of looks like the star destroyer. Like you can see how everything grows. Obviously, they ditched the designs for the Naboo starfighters. <laughs> yeah, and that so that is one thing. I'll save that for a little later, but I don't yeah, like I, the Naboo starfighters. The yeah, yellow ones. The, the ideas yes. for those kind of spun out of control. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's a good trick, Riley. Um, but so for I honestly think we can probably transition into what this movie didn't do so well. Yeah, because there's some points in what it. I'm trying to save some of the points for all our questions. Yeah. So, is there anything that you else that you like oh. about this movie podcast before we get into what we didn't like? Nah. <laughs> nope. That's okay. Duel of the Fates. Ah. Yeah. We, yeah. yeah. Before we move on, we have to talk about Duel of the well, Fates. Well, is that a question? One of it, our questions. It is. Okay. So that's true. We won't I was going to save it, it for much. that. Yeah. But I will it's say good. the music is what is something that is done incredibly well in this movie. And it's something that's always been done well in Star Wars, no matter the quality of the movie itself. Except I'd, for the Rogue One say score. I'd argue to say it's the best thing about this movie. I won't say that. Duel of Fates specifically? Just the, I think the Oh, the music, score. okay. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's, it, it is the highest quality part of this movie. Sure. Yeah, I'll say that. Yeah, also the score for Rogue One is not good. Next question. Well, it's not John Williams. Exactly. So. It's a Michael Duncaccino. Michael Douglas. <laughs> All right, so let's get into what this movie did poorly. Nothing. There, there's a Gungan in the room that we have to address. <laughs> and not but, we. And I don't want this to be a result of the actor because. Yes, I no. I want to talk about that. That's actually what I want to get into first. What this movie does not do well is what it turned a fandom into, mm-hmm. and this is the start. Of an incredibly toxic Star Wars fandom that we're still seeing today. And Ahmad Best, who, by all accounts, it did well with what he was given. It was just a bad character. Jar Jar Binks is not a great character, but he was harassed to the point he wanted to kill himself. Like, the Star Wars fandom drove this man to the very edge, and that is what this... I mean, same with Jake Lloyd. Yeah, Jake, Jake Lloyd, Lloyd doesn't, doesn't uh, and then they just did it with Kelly Marie Tran. Yeah. I mean, Rose is not a really a good character, but mm-hmm. that's not her I fault. I don't even think she's not a good character. Uh, people project that she's not a good character just because they didn't like her storyline. Yeah. And I don't. I like, don't what think the fuck are they? What the fuck are they supposed to do? Yeah. Differently, right? right. Like they mm-hmm. exist. It's yeah, their, that's out of her it's their control. job, guys. Yeah. Like. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> there's. That is, They're going to work with the rest of us. That's why it, like, things like that take so much enjoyment out of Star Wars for me because it's like, this is something that's always been a very positive part of my life. Right. It's something I have loved my entire life. And then to see people taking it to the point where they are, like, en masse ruining people's lives over it just because they didn't like something. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he is a person and his name's Jake Lloyd. <laughs> I agree with you. I mean, I, I, I mean, I don't know if this is just because we're kind of coming into adolescence and adulthood, like when mm-hmm. this kind of happened. But I mean, I think it is the first. I don't know if there is another more famous early example of really toxic fan culture. Yeah, I mean, I can't think of it. It's definitely very prominent. I mean, it's one mm-hmm. of the first 
modern retreads of a franchise, mm -hmm. right? I mean, like, after this, you see a lot of taking an original property and creating right. sequels and stuff like that. And I, would you say that this is kind of one of the first... I don't know maybe if you do, like, Alien vs. Predator and that kind of thing, but do you think this is one of the first that really... Brought went, back something, yeah. Yeah, like, it wasn't like they made a movie every five years, because mm -hmm. that, that's more like the Alien and Predator type yeah. of yeah. thing. Or, like, the Halloweens or things like that. Like, this is one where it was a closed book, and then 20, I, 30 years later they open it back up. Again. I think this movie and this this series is why we have such a suddenly or not suddenly because it's kind of died off but why prequels became a popular thing in the okay. uh in the movie universe because people wanted to see how did we get here mm -hmm. and star wars did it and star wars made it a thing that people do and i for better or worse it's definitely a result of this franchise yep also, this podcast does not endorse the Spongebob prequel that was announced. <laughs> Before he becomes a sponge? Yeah, it's going to be him as a kid. Um, the late creator, Steven Hillenberg. As Spring Boob Squirepin? Yeah, uh, the creator, Steven Hillenberg, had already said before he passed away that he did not want any kind of spinoffs or prequels or sequels. Oh, that's and so shitty. Nick has already announced, and he died less than a year within ago. a year yeah and which means they it. already had a plan yeah yeah this is so that's super that, shitty that's incredibly shitty yeah I, i'm on board for that so yeah, yeah mark are, that down and what i didn't like about phantom menace <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah to kind of wrap up the jar jar conversation he for me he wasn't as bad as i remembered as well because i mean you have characters that are written that are supposed to be annoying and while this wasn't the intention with jar jar it's something I'm able to write off because it's just like, eh, whatever. Like, it's an annoying character. He gets put in that annoying character box for him. Like, the uh, the kid that gets killed in uh, Fast and Furious. Annoying Jesse? character, yeah. I, I can write that off, too. Like, I don't know. I, but Jordan doesn't die. No, he doesn't. <laughs> no, he becomes a senator or something. <laughs> I'm just saying because of when a character crosses that line of being just... Oh my god, like, so much, but they're not really, they don't do anything shitty, they're just annoying. I can just write them off as being right. an annoying character, and then just kind of ignore them the rest of the movie. Gotcha. I think my problem with Jar Jar, which is, I'm sure, everybody's problem, is that, just the, dis I don't, again, I'm with mm -hmm. you, I think the way they asked him to do it, I think he executed it perfectly, mm -hmm. right, like, what they were given to do with it, they they did a The problems fine. are in the writing. Right. And not just with Jar Jar, and I'll get into that in Right, and I, my problem is mostly conceptual, mm -hmm. right? Which is that you could have that character, like an alien character, alien sidekick, because like, he's Chewy, right? right? And he's um, all these other characters that are, are kind of in that role. I think the problems are twofold. One, racist accent. Yes. Supposed to be Jamaican, with yeah. the hit, like, you know, the long oh, ears and dreads and stuff like that. Like, yeah. it's supposed to be Jamaican. Comes across very racist. Yes. Second well, thing, that, though... It's not only Jar Jar. Yeah, and right. that's what I well, was whole, referencing earlier. It's the whole... Yeah. So then, the other part the that millions. I... The other part that I don't like is just that I think that... I'm not against slapstick, right? Like, you can do slapstick in movies and it, it works. I think it fits weird in Star Wars because the rest of the movie takes itself incredibly seriously. Like, is there any comic relief other than Jar Jar in this movie? Like, 3PO like, and... 
are two. Yeah. Yeah, like, but they're like barely even. Right in these. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and at least in this one, uh-huh. like three PO is like in it for what two minutes right. at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. So like I feel like with his skin taken off, I feel like that's what this film was missing. Is if you if you took a little bit of the slapstick and a little bit out of the what Jar Jar was and gave it to another character, I think the whole film is much more balanced. But because it's it all gets put into that, and so then if you hate that, then you're like, oh, I'm missing that everywhere else, which is, like the rest of Star Wars, there's like four or five people that throw mm-hmm. in like comic stuff. Right. Which I know some people don't like in the new movies because it's a, a little bit different style of humor, but there's like plenty of serious and then release valve of tension you know what i mean and what, then, what do you mean humor evolves as time goes on <laughs> right <laughs> but i mean like that's what i'm saying is like there's just no other humor in this and then it doesn't even necessarily like play like nobody even really reacts to it right mm-hmm. you know it's just like like a good example is like when they're when they get to tatooine and Padme and Anakin are talking, and Jar Jar's just, like, all over the place in the background. Yeah. Screwing stuff up and falling yeah. over himself. Which, like, maybe this is some of the first instances of, like, this style of CGI, mm. and so maybe the actors aren't used to oh, working man. with it. But it's, like, it's very clear that they don't know where they're supposed to be looking. Mm-hmm. And so they're just, like, like, Qui-Gon is supposed to be talking to him, and he never looks like he's looking at him, ever. He looks like he's just speaking to a room, which he gets. Yeah. Well, that's Qui Gon. Yeah, Qui Gon just enters a room and expects everyone to react to his presence. Like he just. I'm talking. Listen. <laughs> yeah. The uh... everybody's just scared they're gonna. He's gonna beat them up. <laughs> I think that Skywalkers were fine. <laughs> yeah, Skywalkers should be all right on that. <laughs> Can we talk about Shmi? Is that oh, why they that, yeah. to train Anakin? Because Qui Gon walked in. Yeah, and they we're, were gonna talk about bad characters. Let's talk about Shmi. Yeah. yeah again. Uh, uh, I don't have a problem with the actress. I No, yeah, the character. Correct. Shmi. We're just talking about the character. Yes. Shmi actress, he did a great job. The, the way character it was, was written. Yeah. All of our complaints come back to how this was written. Correct. George can build a world. George cannot fucking write dialogue. George. Cartwright? <laughs> Cartwright! <laughs> he just, he can't write dialogue, and he can't fucking direct. He yeah. doesn't know what makes a good performance. And... That's okay. You don't have to be able to do it all. You're not John yeah. Carpenter. You, like, it's you, fun. <laughs> like, you're going to get enough respect that you created all of this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, quick question. Did Frank Oz direct Dark Crystal? I believe so. Okay. I was going to say, it almost would be better if uh, George Lucas was just like a Frank Oz type, where he's like, he's a... Just coming up with it all? Yeah. yeah. He's a he's a world builder and he's a creator, but he's not a director. If they would have had other people... Which is kind of like what he's become in the sequel trilogy yeah, right. yeah just yeah. like hey we Here's have this idea about this this and this how would you think this works in the star wars universe yeah like i would guess i can look this up i have no idea i'm speculating but i would guess like the the planet that's red but it's covered in salt and there's like Crate. Yeah. yeah where it's you know where it, it looks all red like i bet that's george's idea probably right so. i mean you know honestly I mean? oh yeah so it was jim henson and frank oz that directed uh Okay. Crystal. That makes sense. But yeah, so I mean everything pretty much has come from George's mind. Like it's incredible. It's so and the people that work with him and people have talked he's a shit director, but the man has just insane ideas. Yeah. And people right. like that about him. Yeah. But people have also notably said he just is impossible to act under. Well, that can make sense since everything's being made up by him. Yeah. 
Given that's like that, that's like going over to a friend's house when you're a kid and you guys make up a game. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was probably that kid. Yeah. <laughs> and they're making up rules on the fly because it's their house. That's probably me. Yeah. Oh yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Um, <laughs> but the uh, like there, are, I think it was Natalie Portman that said George act her or told her to act more wooden. When she was delivering lines, um, it was either her or Hayden, and it's just like, man, do better. Yeah. yeah, I mean, really a wasted Natalie Portman casting. Absolutely. Right? Because she is so good, and she could, like, even She had such Natalie a heavy Portman. role. Right. As far as the prequels go, you know? Yeah, and it's not like she, like, grew into being a good actress later. Like, she's in Leon the Professional, and she's, she's always been fucking a, a killer. Yeah, yeah, so... Um, let's see, what else? We didn't talk about Shmi at all. Oh, well, you're right. Uh, Shmi. Well, we kind of just got to the writing. The yeah, acting everything. notes for Shmi are to look down and away in every scene. That's it all I'm wildly vary with if your you watch, yeah, like, If you watch the pod racing scene, she's looking at the screen, and she looks down and away like, Oof. I can't watch. Like, can't. every time they cut to her, it's exactly the same motion. And you're like, what is going on? Like, it's... <laughs> It's just like they filmed also, those very, like six in a row. And like we're just gonna put the same thing in every single one of them. Very impressive TV coverage that they have a camera, a yes, helicopter camera yeah. on each racer. Yes. Yeah, you don't ever see like anything that they're actually filming with, right? Right. Right. Do you want to leave it there, Catherine? Was there anything you just couldn't stand about this movie? Um. <laughs> How about the Super Asian Train Federation? Yeah. Yeah. The. George Lucas has no understanding of race relations and stereotypes and why I think he's just pulling pulling you know, across from what he did in the seventies, which was fine then and terrible now. Look, yeah, it was sorry, it wasn't fine then, but it was normal. Well, just, <laughs> well, just like the thought process, like okay, these aliens, back. These are aliens. They need some kind of unique sound. How about stereotypical Asian? Yeah. yeah. Well, he. He started attributing ethnicities and cultures that we have in the real world. That might to, even make it worse. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, to alien races. And it's like, George, no. Like, yeah. that's the worst way to handle that. Yeah. Because then you're, so your entire alien population is built off a stereotype oh, of man. like stereotype traits of people. And Watto, also <laughs> not great. I just happened to have a chance cube. Yeah. Oh, man. A lot of just... I do love Watto, though. Yeah. I really forgot about him, like, until I watched it again. Who... who so he directed this one. George I directed so. it. Yeah, so I wonder, like, with the other directors, like, that helped, like, worked on the original trilogy, or saw the fir that first one, just like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> Kirchner was probably just like, come on, man. Yeah. My favorite, yeah. um... You've now become the very thing you swore to destroy. <laughs> Saturday Night Live does those sketches where they do like the casting mm -hmm. for, for Cat, the new Star Wars. Yeah. And my favorite is when they have George Lucas come up and it's Bobby uh, Wayne. Yeah. And he's like, you will get me a Coke Zero. And he waves his hand and they're like, no, we're not going to. You will get me a Coke Zero. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's, let's get into it. So instead of our normal uh, set of awards and standout and letdown scenes, we got quite a few listener questions uh, from people today. So really excited. There's a lot of good discussion to 
be had here. Our first one. What are the official rules of pod racing? All right. I feel like this is mine. Yep. How much of this are you going to pull from MotoGP? <laughs> no, just all racing in general. Okay. You're the most qualified to answer this question. It's true. So as far as race setup, there appears to be no terms of practice sessions or qualifying sessions. You pretty much get your spot on the grid for reputation, it appears. <laughs> so like Sebulba got starting first, I think because he's Sebulba. Anakin, I think, was just kind of tossed in. So really, there's no rhyme or reason yeah, there. Yeah, weird that Anakin's in the middle. Yeah. From, all we, from what we know, each lap is, th or each race is three laps. Um... There is a track. Um, I think it's similar. You know, you do see Anakin get knocked off. and Because I think one of the notes Jameson has is that you can just do whatever you want. Yeah. Um, while that may, that's true in terms of, like, Mario Kartness, like, you can fuck with the other people, there is a track, and there's no... He, I would say Anakin wasn't penalized because it wasn't his fault that he went out of race limits. Mm -hmm. Normally, if you like, would cut a corner or anything in other kind of racing, you get penalized. It really is Mario Kart. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but since he was shoved out of race limit track limits, um, he wouldn't have faced a penalty. Is that if you if you hit somebody and they go out? I mean, obviously GP is different because you're going to fall over. Yeah. So like, like let's NASCAR. say like let's say NASCAR. you might murder somebody. Yeah. Let's say like that. NASCAR. Somebody's up up high on you and the forces you down. Forces you down below the yellow. You don't get penalized because okay, you're kind of avoiding fine. a wreck. Right. Any other rules? Had Dale Earnhardt raced? I wouldn't say so. It, Could you shoot each other? Ooh, that's a good question. And NASA sabotage is clearly allowed. Yeah. But but could you... I, no, okay, I know okay, NASA. Okay, I'm aware in NASA okay. you're not allowed to shoot each other. I would say... In Dale Seeds is just a rolling with a 45. <laughs> this, is, this is what I'm going off of. I would say dirty sabotage, like, like subtle. I would say... Not open. Like, yeah, oh, I, like, flung a piece out the back of my, you know, something flew off my ship and hit the other guy. Right. Accidents happen, you know. Mm -hmm. But, but no I, I mean, you got to keep in mind, you have a, all, you have cameras on every pod, so I think if somebody came out and shot someone, yeah, yeah I don't think that would fly. <laughs> you got to remember, though, this sport is also run by the mafia of yeah. Star Wars, the Huts. Right. So, one all of the they first care about is a profit. Right, so one of the first sports to incorporate gambling in event, so... Yeah, really, uh, you know, an innovator. Oh, uh, also, you can make pit stops in the race, but I don't know why you would in a three-lap race because yeah. you're going to lose all your time. Yeah, yeah, it's not worth it. Yeah, there not a pit, great strategy. Pit, yeah, there are pit crews. Gotcha. I think that's pretty pretty solid rules. Works for me, man. All right. All right. Who did you use most frequently in the N64 pod racing game? I stuck with Anakin. See, I think he used Sebulba. I was all Sebulba. Sebulba had the big one, right? The yeah. big orange one. Yeah, so I think I just... Because, like, I'm not a very good, like, racing mm -hmm. gamer. Like, I came in last in Mario Kart, like, all the time. But my entire thing was not to win. It was to try to shoot other people. So, like, in, in the pod racing game, all I'm trying to do is slam other people off the track and right. make their pods pull mm -hmm. up. That's my You would entire. much rather have played the Tuscan Raider. Yes. <laughs> in racing games, I always tried to turn around and wreck people. I did that in NASCAR. That was the only thing I ever did mm -hmm. in the NASCAR mm -hmm. games. Which, can you imagine seeing that in real life? <laughs> <laughs> you mean demolition derbies? <laughs> oh my god. Jimmy Johnson. No. <laughs> oh wait, yeah. No. no, that's a racer. Yeah, no, I, sorry. I was thinking somebody else that actually did kill somebody and then... Anyone else I remember from that game? <laughs> <laughs> I remember if you used your boost too much, your pod would explode. 
Yeah, yeah you could overheat. Yep, you know? I do that all the time. I think <laughs> also, besides, I understand. besides Anakin, I don't remember his name, but I used uh, the green one with the big engines. Okay, yeah. Similar yeah, yeah, to yeah. Sebulba's pod, but green. Did Epp actually give an answer? Um, He did not. Conrad did, though. But I am not going to be able to find that. That's too much work. Lightsaber fights. Where does Ep, because Ep also asked this one, where does Duel of the Fates rank for you in lightsaber fights? I, I think, think, number one? I Well, I think it's above any in the original trilogy. Yes. Yeah. For me, for yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. Because I had this thought when I was watching a couple weeks ago. Choreography-wise, no. yes, it is the absolute... Well, so here's... I'm going to give it number two. So this is why I think it's the best. It's because in the original trilogy, you lack... You know, there's not as much choreography, but you have a ton of weight in each fight. Exactly. Like how important it is. The, but, the Empire fight is the heaviest fight right. of any of them. And then generally with the prequels, specifically like Revenge of the Sith, you flip-flop that. It's all choreography. And no not, weight. Yeah. yeah. Like... You, the famous gif of Anakin and Obi-Wan just spinning their lightsabers <laughs> around and not hitting each other. Um, I think what makes this so great is... Or Yoda is, just doing flips. Right. Yeah. I think what makes this one so great is it. it's really like the meeting point of the two. Yep. The, and for me, there is one that captures all of that better. And I'll talk about okay. that when we switch around to my turn. But I think you get like the heaviness of it from... The Jedi realizing the Sith are back, uh, Qui-Gon dying, Obi-Wan, you know, you have Obi-Wan, some hypothesize that he dipped into the dark side, because mm-hmm. he fought out of anger and loss, um, but yeah. Which is something he would have learned from Qui-Gon. Right. Yeah. I think I like the the one in Phantom Menace, because, uh, one, you get dual lightsabers which is fucking awesome when he um, which is probably like the, the most time. iconic yeah. yeah one of the more iconic star wars <laughs> you're like oh he's got yeah. two of them uh, <laughs> which also gen- <laughs> oh, man, which, which also generates a great meme yes oh my the, god i'm not racist but, but. <laughs> <laughs> i i think the other thing that i like is i actually thought that the i mean they never explain why it happens but the the red like the barriers, yeah, yeah, the barriers of why they turn on and off all the time, but um, or why Obi Wan didn't use his speed dash that he uses earlier in the movie, yeah, to get through right, this. yeah. So I mean, I thought that was, I thought it was cool in that you can tell it's, you can tell Darth Maul is powerful, mm-hmm. and you can tell it's an even match if it's two on one, right. right? And then you have the whole thing of like, fucking yeah, right. yeah. Mm-hmm. and then Obi Wan is like, you know, I think the only thing that could have made that had that had given it more weight is I forgot how how actual little interaction there really is between right. Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon Jinn. Yes. Like I thought there was more of that mentor mentee relationship. Yeah. And you can tell it's they're trying to do show don't tell, which I actually really appreciate, right? But there's almost not enough of it. Like you almost need like one more scene mm-hmm. or some like a little bit more to like build that relationship a little bit more. But it's not like a it doesn't take away from the movie, but it's just like mm-hmm. You can tell in that moment, obviously, he's like, ugh, he's gutted. So is Qui-Gon. Physically gutted. <laughs> yeah. So, I think there's some, I really like some of the stuff they've done in the later films, mm-hmm. which might be where you're going. Yeah, so, number two for me is Duel of the Fates. Number three is probably the fight in Empire. I don't know, it alternates between Return of the Jedi and Empire. 
Um, just because when Luke dips into the dark side in Return of the Jedi, it, that whole sequence is great. Great, great music choice. Yeah, score for that. But so that that falls below Duel of the Fates. But above Duel of the Fates for me is Kylo versus Finn and Rey in Force Awakens. In the first one. Yes, when they're in the forest, because one. The fight choreography for Kylo is amazing. It looks very similar to the choreography for Jon Snow when he is when it's the Battle of Winterfell, not mm. Battle of Winterfell, Castle Black. Yeah, the Battle that's of Castle right. Black. Yeah. God damn it! But it's he fights so much more like a knight or somebody trained like a swordsman than so it was fencing in the original trilogy. It's like martial arts and like bow stabs in Kendo. Yeah, it's, it's, it's Kendo. Well, yeah, but I mean, both stabs with Darth Maul. Well, yeah, I meant just kind of in the prequel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whole. Yeah, so the more martial arts and mm-hmm. choreographed thing. Uh-huh. And then people fight like swordsmen in the sequel trilogy. Right. And so you have, one, you have Kylo fighting like that. You have Finn, who doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. You have the amazing scene of Rey force-pulling Anakin's lightsaber with binary sunset going in the background, which... If anybody knows me, that is my weakness as far as Star Wars goes. And then you have the whole scene with like Kylo just beating on his wound and screaming. And you just... need a teacher. <laughs> I will say what's cool that they put into the sequel trilogy is that the lightsabers appear to have weight to them. Yes, it's... they're based off of the character of who's holding them, type of thing. Right. Yeah. You know, it, it, like how you said, he's like a swordsman. It, he swings mm. it like it's you know like a twenty. Like 15 pound sword yeah whereas like episode three he got him flinging it all around <laughs> like nunchucks yeah yeah Ooh. yeah a I star mean, wars nunchuck oh uh, the probably the cool like underarm hold wouldn't work out yeah. so well fuck this is luke wilson and anchorman <laughs> bruce lee just chops himself to bits Catherine, oh, no, I... do you have a favorite lightsaber fight no, that's what I figured. All right. So we can agree that it's not a new hope. Uh, yeah. Did you guys see the like the CGI thing that that one person made online? Mm-hmm. Um, they just added like more choreography to that fight. It's really cool. If you haven't yeah. seen it, we'll have to bring it up for you. Oh, I honorable mention to Rogue One scene at the end when um, Vader just shreds the Tantive Four. Yeah. So cool. So cool. Really great use of a lightsaber, not necessarily a lightsaber duel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's, really, so no, that's there's why really no fight to no. that one. Where do you rank... Sorry, where do, one more thing. Where do you rank the Kylo-Luke fight? Kylo-Luke fight is up there, but it's not, it's not as high because stylistically it's a little different. Well, it's, it's interesting because it's almost like the meeting of the two styles, because Luke yeah. is fencing mm-hmm. and Kylo is... Exactly, and I think because there's not that much there as far as a fight is why I can't go higher. But as a movie scene, it's incredible. Right. Yeah. Yeah, If it was more of an actual, I do now. Now the the fight with Kylo Ray and the guards. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And that one didn't go higher for me again because it's just a little more stylistically different, Mm -hmm. but still very cool. Very cool scene. I think one of my favorite things about the Kylo character is the emotional sword fighting. Yes. I mean, he fights like Jon Snow, and it's awesome. What is your favorite prequel meme to uh, come out of you this know, series? When I saw this question, I thought to myself, a surprise, to be sure, but a welcome one. <laughs> 
And that is also my answer. Now wait, a prequel means are we on the whole trilogy? A whole trilogy. Oh man. Yeah. I think you, I think I have to do you are the chosen one. I mean, I know it's an easy choice, but like I feel like you I You were my that brother lot. Anakin. I loved you. I hate you. I, I think because it's used so heavily on NBA Twitter. Yeah. Like it's like it is the prequel meme of choice oh, for NBA Twitter. My favorite though is the uh hey Let's let's not get political tonight. Three drinks later, <laughs> I am the Senate. <laughs> That's a good one. That's an Pretty all timer I, for me. Yeah, I'd have to go with any Palpatine yeah. meme or piece of dialogue from the prequels. Mm-hmm. This is for me, um, mainly because I so assume it's that treason. mainly because I assume that role as. For our cast on Twitter, <laughs> yes, I just—that's my go-to—is turning into the emperor. <laughs> just the cackles, <laughs> my little green friend. <laughs> oh, not a prequel meme, but honorable mention. <laughs> Side- Wait, last one. Okay. In my opinion, the Jedi are evil. I—I I feel like I've seen it used in weird contexts, but like that's. I think that's one of my favorite terrible lines from the prequels. Well, from my, my opinion, well, yeah. Well, from my point of view, the Jedi are evil. Yeah. <laughs> well, then you are lost. So my. Um... That's the beginning of both sidesism. That's the danger of both sidesism, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Riley and I watched it, and we made Catherine watch it before uh, we started. But there is a series of dubs on uh, on YouTube for every Star Wars movie. I don't know if they've gotten into the sequel trilogy yet, but it's about. Uh, Called 13 minutes long. Yeah, Jedi Party. Jedi Jedi Dance Party. And there is a long-running thread that C-3PO, because he's created by Anakin, is feels scorned because he was not given skin initially, <laughs> before he was awoken. <laughs> so and, he seeks out vengeance on the human race. <laughs> and that that's an honorable mention for me. Absolutely. So is the, from that same video... The Trade Federation guys going, I want a Zima! Make sure everybody has Zimas. <laughs> Just the thought of everybody drinking Zimas while Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan, and Darth Maul are fighting. Alright, so stories from uh, our original viewing or camping out. So I was too young to have camped out for this one. I know both you guys were. were well, I did not camp age. out, but I did see this in theaters for my seventh birthday party. Um, I remember it specifically because my dad and uncle convinced all of us kids that Darth Maul was in the... This was when theaters had, like, the cry room. And they convinced <laughs> us all that he was going to come out of there. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so we were all, like, terrified until That's the movie started. I remember being in the theaters, and it was probably the, the first movie that I had seen that had, like, enough hype that the theater was actually full, mm-hmm. like, fully full. So we had to sit in, like, the back row, because um, there was no other seats for, like, my entire family to all sit together. And I remember, like, the lights going down, and it was so full of people, and people were just going, whomp, whomp, like, they are trying to make the, the lightsaber sounds, yeah. but just, like, like, people pretending to, like, hit their, I don't even know what they were trying to hit together. I think they were just, like, pretending, and they were doing yeah. lightsaber fights, and I feel people <laughs> brought, like, plastic ones and stuff like that, but, uh... See, that was one thing. Like, none of our party group had seen it yet. And, I mean, my birthday's not until July. 
and the movie came out in May, so we were like the only one. Any other experiences Tyler, do you, seeing it? Did you have an experience? Uh, so for me, I actually remember this as being what made me kind of like hide being a Star Wars fan for a while. So I saw this, I loved it, and then everyone was making fun of it. Everybody was talking about how dumb and nerdy Star Wars was. I was like, is Star Wars Am I dumb bad? and nerdy? Am yeah. I dumb and nerdy? So I like... I'm nerdy, but not that dumb. Yeah. yeah. And so I like didn't... I was, a, I was a closet Star Wars fan for a long time after this movie came out. And then I got older, I'm like, wait a minute. It's a movie, and it's fucking great. Like, yeah. why, why do I care about any of this shit? But yeah, when I, like, when I well, was a kid... And the Star Wars community was just not as reachable as it is yeah. today. Th- that's also very true. Well, that you had to be, like, you know what I mean? Like, you had to be on a very specific forum. <laughs> or, like, you yeah, had to message, respond That was through, the like, days of, like, message boards. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. It was a very segmented... Like, to find your community of what you liked... You really had to dig for yeah. stuff. It wasn't like, you know what I mean. So yeah, and then uh, from Twitter we got because uh, Greg from Nerds and Nostalgia originally asked this. He said uh, him and his cousin camped out for this one. Nice. Uh, and then I know uh, Mark uh, at Mark Marinelli. He tweeted at us. He camped out for this one, and they snuck in the lightsabers into the theater that did have the <laughs> light and sound, and when the lights went down, they got up and started having a lightsaber battle before it got rolling. I'm surprised it didn't get kicked out. <laughs> right? Different time. Different time. Hmm. Was the Immaculate Conception heavy-handed? Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> you mean Shmi's just kind of flex that she did this all herself? Yeah. <laughs> for a really long time, I didn't realize that it was like actually the like a virgin birth story mm-hmm. i thought it was just like oh his dad's not around so you know what i mean like there is no father because he's really a fucking deadbeat and i raised him myself he doesn't, he doesn't really look like Watto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so and in addition to that it brought in the midi-chlorians which not a great addition to the star wars universe you, you said midi-chlorians i'm just kind of wondering what are midi-chlorians heroin <laughs> but um, I think what I think is interesting about this, and I'm obviously they know people hated it, so that's why they don't don't bring it up later. But it is interesting that there's sort of this progression from like a Jedi society where things are like scientific and they actually mm-hmm. know things and things like that, mm-hmm. to like later all of this stuff is lost and it's just like it's a this, hokey religion. Yeah, it's yeah. this religion, and I I kind of from that element of it, I kind of like the flow mm-hmm. of it. But I mean, for I like its own specific purpose, it. yeah, it's done. Then it almost regressed, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, into just a religion. Yeah, something I do like. With the Egyptians, because um, <laughs> people have talked about how Anakin was created by the Force, not just for no reason, but created to counter the Emperor, um, because eventually he is the undoing of the Emperor mm-hmm. after you know kind of being under his control for decades but yeah but i thought we were saying i thought we were going to explore that or there's the theory that palpatine experienced like there is also that that he created anakin i I read actually a reddit thread about this and there was this idea that palpatine has actually created like thousands Mm -hmm. and because because it's on this like remote planet where it's happened by chance that the jedis like find him you know what I mean? They're like all so, blonde hair, blue eyes. Right. So like, I, I, there's this idea that he is he has created tons of virgin birth Jedi's mm-hmm. with the hope that 
one of them will be powerful <laughs> and be brought to him so that he can then turn. One of these has got to be emo. <laughs> <laughs> one of them has to hate Because if it's Because if it's Palpatine that's creating him, there's too much left to chance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like for the plant that he's on and then he gets picked up and that they influence all these people to like bring them, mm-hmm. that he gains power. You know what I mean? There's right. too many dominoes. See, and I like, I really like the approach that it's, it was the mystic will of the force. The- Darkness rises and light. Yeah, to and meet light it. to meet it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I like that better too. I think if you give, if you personify it to anybody, then it's it loses any of its power because mm-hmm. what's the yeah point? yeah. Well, you can't even say because because Shmi did anything. Shmi was just a normal person. Yeah, a normie. A normal, if you will. <laughs> they all they all leave Tatooine and Shmi's just like oh finally and like force races or glass to her. <laughs> Just a force pulls over a bottle of blue milk. Force chokes Watto until, until he says the, the safe word. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> All right, our next question. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Is Dexter Jetster cute? Yes. He's got charm. I he's won't got, say he's cute. He's, he's got th- charm. He's got a lot of hands. He's thick with at least four seeds. <laughs> He's, he's a bear. He's you know, a bear no, of the Star Wars bear, universe. Yeah. You know he can make you a good meal. Thick, too. hairy guy. <laughs> a little greasy, a little smelly. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. He can pick you up in his four hands and carry you home. So, yes, Dexter Jetster is cute. <laughs> That's our definition of cute. Yeah. Thank you, Greg, <laughs> for that question. <laughs> I don't have anything to add. <laughs> Catherine, what do you think about Dexter Jetster? Who? Here, I'll show you a picture. Remember question is, is he cute? Hello, Dex. Not, would you smash? (laughs) (laughs) Just to clarify. (laughs) I don't have much time left. (laughs) This guy. No. What? Is it the chin? You need to, like, need to see him. If you had a beard, maybe. With those... (laughs) God damn it. With those big feet and haunches, though, you got a strong base that can generate a lot of power. Now I've heard speed has something to do with it. <laughs> and then it's all power. Power and momentum, baby. Also, you didn't choose a good angle. Like, to show me. Oh, okay, oh. sorry. You gotta, like, Under a different light. find a better... Yeah, you really need to search Rule 34 with yeah. it. Oh my god. Let's see... Dexter. This is why I can't show this pot to anybody at work. Dexter, Jetster, <laughs> Rule means. 34. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Alright, so... The final question we got from Mark is, whatever happened to Jar Jar? Jar Jar became a senator. Well, we don't know if it was a senator. He became, he worked his way up the political ladder, um, allowed Palpatine to take control of the Senate. Um, and so Mark asks, why wasn't he featured in other episodes? He does show up in three, though. Yeah, no, he's, he's, in he's still in three because he's, he... He's the deciding vote, right? Yeah, he gives power, makes Palpatine the emperor. Which, goddamn, or it gives him the emergency control or whatever, mm-hmm. and then isn't there a whole like fan theory before the last Jedi came out? Oh yeah, Darth Jar Jar. Yeah, can we explore that a little bit? So, and I truly believe that this is where George originally wanted to go with it because there are videos that you look and Jar Jar is mouthing things behind people that they say. So there, like, there is some weight to him. Actually, possibly controlling Jar Jar just Pennywise. Yeah, yeah. But if you're not familiar with the Darth Jar Jar theory, it yes. was that George introduced Jar Jar as 
this uh, red herring, or opposite of a red herring, I guess, because a blue salmon, a blue salmon, <laughs> and so he a was yellow just, cod. He was supposed to be no, this goofy, goofy character who then green monkfish, gray blobfish, he, brown um, trout. Oh, that's a real thing. I know. So a rainbow trout. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. A clear jellyfish. <laughs> Jar Jar was supposed to be a wolf in sheep's clothing. There we go. Different animal analogy. But anyway, so he was just this goofy, clumsy guy, but it was going to be revealed that he was kind of pulling the strings behind everything, and he was the Phantom Menace, mm-hmm. and that he was a Sith Lord. A Sith Lord? Was it the Master or the Apprentice? <laughs> what was, was he supposed to be Snoke? Maybe he would have been Snoke, who knows? They didn't really, they never fleshed it out because George completely abandoned that plot line after yeah. the first one. Yeah. See, they, I would have been in for that. Yeah. That would have been great. That would have been fantastic for Jar Jar. But in the end, what we got of that was Jar Jar becoming some sort of political figure and casting a vote that ruined the world. <laughs> so, yeah. full circle. Essentially the same goal. So I'm going to assume... That after the Emperor, after people started realizing that the Emperor was not very good, somebody connected the dots and like, hey, this is Jar Jar's fault, and probably assassinated him. So there you oh, go. Yeah. Story of Jar Jar. Probably a mercy killing at that point. <laughs> he like handed somebody a gun and like, just do it. Misa can't take it no more. <laughs> Yusa gotta kill me. <laughs> Yusa gotta end it. <laughs> also, I like how almost none of the words are different except for just like the... Misa and Yusa. Yeah, like the, pro- the whatever the the proper it's not proper noun, whatever it is. Uh, yeah, those words. Grammar words. We all went to Heston. We weren't taught grammar. Yeah, we didn't learn your fancy book learning. Whatever. We had great English teachers. We did. <laughs> Our English teachers were the best part of that school. We were great. We just never learned grammar. Yeah, we didn't listen. That's on us. Shouts to Byler. Shouts to Broadfoot. <laughs> shouts to Clark. If anybody listens to this podcast, it's going to be Broadfoot. Who was our sophomore English teacher? That's the one that always changed. Yeah, that was the defense against the dark arts position. <laughs> <laughs> Is the sophomore English teacher. <laughs> it really was. Yeah. Constantly rotating. I could not tell you who my sophomore English teacher right, was. Right, because you guys had Clark for freshman. Yeah. yeah. And, and then, then Byler soph- for junior. Yeah, Broadfoot for senior. Broadfoot for senior. Who the fuck was our sophomore English teacher? What are we rating this movie? Oh, I know. Okay. 6.6 out of 10. There you go. 6.6? Yes. Once more, the Sith will rule the galaxy. Shouts out listener friend. Unlimited power! No, 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 no. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> Henceforth, you will be known as Dolph. Is that the end of our... Uh, I think this movie is a five and a half. Okay. I'm tempted to go a seven. Really? I think I will. I'm gonna... What we're gonna do in a year is I'm gonna do a compendium of all of our ratings. Oh, absolutely. So that everybody can see what Tyler considers a seven. You go ahead and... You go ahead and Tyler uh, is the one that's given like four tens yeah. in the year we've done this. I feel like... Have you really rated any movies like a six or below? Oh, yeah. I've Halloween rated Town. Plenty. 
The Shining. Okay. I'd be interested to see. I bet overall our aggregate ratings are Catherine's given the lowest ratings to most movies, and then I bet I'm next, and then I bet it's Ryland, and then I bet it's Tyler. Oh, yeah. I I don't know why. I just... there. Whoever said it, somebody said the fact that any movie gets made is a miracle. I think it was Kevin Smith. And I just... I like watching movies. So I, I tend to skew higher on a lot of things. Okay, so what are Catherine, we... Catherine, what about you? Four... That's what I think. It's heartbreaking. Um, anyway. <laughs> You're breaking my heart, Anakin. Let her go, Anakin. Let her go. If you're not with me, then you're my enemy. Only a Sith deals in absolutes. I will do what I must. You will try. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, just gotta get the rest of the memes I out. I gave the hustle a five, and that's generous. And I'm standing with a four. I know. I was just saying, I'm... It's not a bargaining game, guys. Yeah, you can... <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. I gave The Mummy a uh, 79 out of 100. So around that to an 8. <laughs> our, our scale has to stay consistent. You can't... This is my personal... I go 100 for my personal scale. <laughs> for the podcast, I use a 1 through 10. With decimal. It's just a decimal, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's an 8.9. <laughs> Alright, so what are we doing next week? Well, I'm out for the next right, or two. Next episode. Next right. episode. What is our next episode going to be? Uh, Attack of the Clones. Let's <laughs> just keep it going. <laughs> well, let's get this train rolling. What prequel do you want us to review next? <laughs> Attack of the Clones or Revenge of the Sith? <laughs> I like it. And we'll also throw on Halloween 3. Yeah, exactly. Can we throw a listener question on the account? I know it's from this one, but what, what movie benefits the most... Or would benefit the most from the extended yeah, universe. We can throw that. Would out change there. the context of the original movie. Uh, Man of Steel. Oh. <laughs> oh wait, no. I mean Justice League. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's a lot they could dive into. Yeah, man, they really could have a whole universe of films there. Like yeah. a ten-year established, like really take their time. <laughs> that would have been great. Why didn't that happen? I don't, even, I don't even know what my answer is, but I yeah. just want to get answers from the... Maybe the Airbud universe? <laughs> <laughs> that seems as good a place as any to call it for today. This has been episode 37 of Who the Hell is This For? Thank you for listening.